innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it Make it way harder for them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff, rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight! Folks, it is a very special episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. It is the end of 2017, and with it, our first annual Dirty White Belt Radio Awards. I have been looking forward to this. Lourdes, have you been looking forward to this? I actually have been looking forward to this. this um, we have a lot of people that we're going to go over and discuss today, and um, I'm excited to talk about some of these amazing people that we get to train with. Yeah, and this has been a really cool process for us. And, you know, before we get into who wins the awards, I want to just remind everybody, the purpose of this is to celebrate the people that are doing great things in the regional jiu-jitsu community and also to learn about some of the, the folks that are maybe lesser known out there that don't always get the credit they deserve. And that's why we had an open nomination process. So anybody could nominate someone and tell us who they thought the most deserving people are and then to give them a chance through emails and voicemails to explain what made that person so worthy of an award, which was a, a really cool thing for me to hear. It, it really was. And there were people that maybe I didn't have a lot of exposure to or I hadn't trained with. Um, and maybe and, and some of them I didn't even know, really. And um, to be able to hear those uh, the voicemails and to be able to read um, some of those, you know, some of the emails that people sent, I was like, whoa, we, you know, we have some pretty cool people doing some pretty amazing things in, in this area. Um, and uh, and competing at high levels, and also just a lot of people that what I found inspiring. A lot of people were giving back to the community, so um, I I thought it was a pretty. I, I felt I felt really happy that I was able to listen to those voicemails and, and read those emails. Yeah, most definitely, I identify with all of that. And so you know, to going off of that point. Uh, one of the things I didn't expect, you know, because Lourdes and I live in different parts of the state now, and we train at different gyms now, even though, you know, we've trained together also for years, but we, we know a fair amount of people. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty surprised, and this was sort of the, the point of the awards, was for me to get to know all the great people that I don't know already, and I wound up voting for a couple of people that I'd never heard of before, uh, which I thought was very cool, and so thanks to everybody that participated. And that sort of gets us into, you know, into the winners of the awards. And I want to remind everybody that regardless of who won or lost, you're going to hear voicemails representing every nominee for whom we got voicemails. We can't play every voicemail we got just due to time. And thank you, by the way, to everyone for the overwhelming response we got. But we are going to get to most of them so the nominees can hear from their supporters directly and you can hear what makes uh, the people in our community so special. I also want to explain a little bit about the method by which we picked these awards. The last thing I wanted was for this to be Jeff and Lourdes pick <coughs> some people and give them awards. And so, but I also didn't want an internet popularity contest, which privileges people that have, you know, tech skills, spend a lot of time online. And so what we did was we picked seven different judges from three different states and the District of Columbia. So every Southeast state, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and the District of Columbia, training at seven different gyms and under six different associations. So a broad diversity of people got to vote. We let all of these judges see the emails, hear the voicemails, so they could make informed decisions. And then we asked the judges to rank candidates in order with the top three getting points. So if you got a first place vote, you got three points. If you got a second place vote, you got two points. If you got a third place vote, you got one point. And this is where the contest really opened some eyes, I think. Like I said, I've, I wound up voting for at least one person I'd never heard of, several people I've never met, based purely on voicemails of support. 
And we also, because so many people were so convincing, we wound up giving more awards than we actually planned on. And so, you know, this is the first year we've done this, and so it'll be an evolving process. We'll we'll do the same thing next year, I hope, and we'll learn from it and improve. But we'll explain as the show goes on. But basically, we're going to give out 10 awards. Each of those awards is going to have a traveling trophy engraved with the name of this year's winner. So if your favorite candidate doesn't win this year, don't worry. That's okay. They're still going to get a certificate suitable for framing as a finalist and the chance to win next year when the trophies are going to move along to new and deserving recipients. And uh, i got to say, these trophies turned out really sweet. Yeah, actually, they're really nice. I like them. I like them a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So all the categories that you're about to hear will be around next year. Will we add new categories? I don't know. I really wish this year we would have had submission of the year, takedown of the year, stuff like that, so you could uh, see some visuals. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to take that as we come. We do still have match of the year for both men and women, and I'm excited to talk to you about that, Lourdes, because these are matches that we both saw. But we're going to get started by talking about the people who inspire us the most. And so in searching for people to honor, we kept hearing about certain folks, including young people. So the judges in this category decided to give a couple of different awards. So I first heard about Hassan King from one of his teammates who wrote us this. This is an email from a teammate. He is always one of the hardest workers in the gym and usually one of the last ones to leave. He has determination to always want to get better. And even when he is not competing, he is finding ways to help his teammates get better. So let's augment that by playing you a couple of voicemails in support of Hassan King. Hi, I am calling to support Hassan King with Diego Bispo Academy for a most inspirational athlete. This kid is the most humble kid I know and with the biggest heart. When he fought against Christina Little Bit Lynn and won, the only thing he cared about is how she felt. He didn't care about winning. He did not bask in victory at all. He's also one of the most humble kids and loving kids when it comes to the little ones at DBA. They all look up to him. He's always loving on them, encouraging them, giving them hugs, telling them they're doing a good job. Even during the tournaments, they all want to find Hassan and show him their medals. And no matter what he's doing, whether he's preparing to go next up to fight or if he's just sitting in the corner getting his thoughts together he always takes time to hug the kids tell them that they did a good job and they should be proud of their medal whether they got a gold a silver or a bronze he wants them to know that it's important that they did the fight and that they finished this kid is amazing he's loved by everybody at dba he works hard at dba um and I think that he is definitely an inspiration to the children in DBA. So that was a great voicemail as well as some great testimonial support. And that's why we want to congratulate Hassan King on our inspirational Young Jujitero of the Year Award. Congratulations, Hassan. U.S. Grappling is our favorite tournament organization for a lot of reasons. Run by grapplers for grapplers, U.S. Grappling consistently provides the best tournament experience for competitors. Whether it's a points tournament or submission only, and U.S. Grappling runs true no-time-limit submission-only events, it's the best place to compete and to watch your friends compete. Check out upcoming events and register online at usgrappling.com. So for the adults, uh, this was a stacked field in terms of the most inspirational. And we, you know, we learned a lot about people that um, 
you know, either we knew about already, but we didn't know as much about, or folks that we just hadn't considered. Because there were a lot of different ways that people can be inspirational. And for the adults, this was really a stacked field, Lourdes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really was, and it was really difficult to um, to decide how I was going to uh, um, value what the people who wrote in or who called in, um, what they had to say. Because while I thought I had my idea of what a most inspirational athlete would be, um, listening to those voicemails and reading some of those emails, I was like, okay, well, obviously there are other ways to be inspirational. And so I had to like reevaluate the way I was going to, um, to vote on this. And, um, and I actually, there's a, there's a lot of people that are very inspirational in, in our area. So, yeah. so many worthy candidates. I mean, you had Brian Freeman, wheelchair jitsu, you know, uh, one of the best guys around. You had Hubao Karaoke, who had a stroke this year and rehabilitated mm-hmm. himself on sheer force of will, really, his team really rallied around him. You had Jason Bumpkin Wingate, a mainstay of the scene, one of the most beloved dudes around. Uh, you know, a lot of different inspirational people. And I want to, I want you to hear a voicemail from one of the nominees or about one of the nominees now uh, that I think that uh, is gonna is gonna uh, <laughs> that is both uh, compelling and entertaining. And so here's uh, a nominee about one of the here's a voicemail about one of the nominees, Dewan Dirty South Owens. Good morning. This is Shazil Coker from Pitbull Martial Arts Center, USA. And I want to support Dwan Owens for Most Inspirational Athlete of the Year. I think it's without a doubt that no other martial arts instructor or martial arts practitioner, as active as he is, donates and contributes so much of his time to worthy causes and is always doing everything he can to make the community better via martial arts. It's a no-brainer. If there's anybody selected other than Dwan, then you know the game is rigged. Look forward to hearing Duan's victory. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> it's a great voicemail, and I assure you that the game is not rigged. Uh, and we will hear more from Duan Owens, who I agree does uh, yeah, incredible work uh, against gender-based violence, as well as being a successful martial arts fighter, now the 155-pound Fight Lab champion. So, yes, that's pretty exciting. So Duan had a pretty inspirational year. Yeah, he did. And I, I really like a lot of his outreach things that he does um, when he travels and and he's teaching to um, to people that wouldn't normally or otherwise get a chance to be exposed to jujitsu, and he's um, he's just kind of like a, a pretty strong pillar in the community. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel, absolutely. And so, like you know, really any one of these people, mm-hmm. you know, I think if any of these nominees had won, I don't think anybody would have complained. Um, but the person that we are gonna, but I'm gonna tell you who won, and uh, Lourdes, you know who won. Do you want to announce it? Or do you, <laughs> well, let me let me read you a supporter. An email okay. from a supporter that I couldn't have put better myself. Betty Broadhurst, a Gustavo Machado purple belt, is 60 years old and doesn't give a crap if her opponent is 21 or 101. She will fight her, friend her on Facebook, and invite her to women's only open mat afterward. She always steps up to compete at any tournament within a six-hour drive, gets paired with younger competitors every time, and never complains. So Betty Broadhurst is our most inspirational Jujutera of the year this year. Yay, Betty! Most inspirational. I'm excited that Betty... That Betty won because I, 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 I'm I'm inspired by Betty and I get a chance to um to compete with and and to see Betty at a lot of the women's open mats and she's always incredibly sweet and kind and she's a tough competitor and it just like that that email says it doesn't matter who's out there on the mat Betty will go out there and and um and she'll you know she'll do her thing and especially um in a in a situation where a lot of times women go to tournaments and we don't have a lot of other competitors yeah um. We can always count, almost always count on Betty showing up and giving us a tough match. And so I'm really thankful for her. Yeah, Betty's the best. And, you know, and Betty got support 
uh, through a wide array of categories. And so I'm going to play a voicemail in support of her, actually, for Jujutera of the Year. Uh, and so congratulations to Betty Broadhurst uh, on her Most Inspirational Jujutera of the Year award this year. Here's a voicemail in support of her. Jujutera of the Year and the Female Practitioner of the Year also. I want to do those. John Shell is such an inspiration. Got to give him the Practitioner of the Year for the men. I mean... That what he's been able to do with the world rankings and then the tournaments he's traveled to. And then also just like his MMA, his last MMA fight with Next Level Fight Club was just an insanely inspirational win. Uh, I love that guy. Love seeing him win. Love that he is like a master of the Japanese necktie and, uh, awesome to have such a highly regarded, you know, ranked brown belt in NC. And then the female practitioner of the year, I wanted to, uh, say Betty Broadhurst for sure, um, just for everything that she does for uh, local North Carolina uh, martial arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I've only, like I said earlier, I've only been training a year, and um, the seminars that she's been able to help put on and the the classes I've been able to attend and some of the roles I've been able to have because of her have just been really invaluable to my growth and uh, my developing love and passion for jujitsu so i'm just really thankful for her and and all she does and um her involvement with toro cup and and everything like that because um when i first got in those were the things those were the things that like really sucked me in to this scene um it's a really incredible scene and she's a really big part of that so those are those are my nominations jeff thank you always for having such a great program and uh talk to you guys later Thanks for the voicemail, and congratulations once again to the one and only Betty Broadhurst, most inspirational Jujutera of the year. So now we're going to get into the matches of the year, Lourdes, and, and you and I are lucky in that we get to go around and cover these events. And so, although you're doing interviews, so you don't always get to see every match. I get I get little pieces of matches in between interviews, but um, I did get to see uh, parts of the one that we're about to talk about, which is excellent. And uh, you know, and, and you know, and so I hope that this award inspires people next year to start looking for candidates for match of the year in for both men and women early on, so that we have a really great list to draw from. A lot of stuff gets videotaped these days too, so people, if you miss this match, we will post the link in the comments so you can you can see it. Before we get to the winner, I do want to say that a late contender came on pretty strong. Well, late in the year, Isaac July Jr. and Jay Quitfield put on a pretty incredible Toro Cup match. Yeah, I did get to see that one. Actually, I was standing next to, I think Hoist Gracie was there at the time, and he was watching it. And, um, or he came in like right right at the end of it. But I, I do remember watching that one um, at Toro Cup, and that was a really good match. Jake Whitfield does a lot of self-defense at his school, and he posts a lot of the self-defense um, uh, videos up on online. And to watch him do some things that I know are, are self-defense during a match was pretty inspiring to me. I was like, this is, this is awesome. And it shows how um, our self-defense um, training can flow into you know, jujitsu matches. Definitely. And, you know, uh, we, on this show, we always say uh, the line between self-defense and sport is mostly artificial, I think. And, like, you can't... And Jake is the one that proves that, that, mm -hmm. like, you can train self-defense and make it your passion and your life and still do really well in competition. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that was a late contender that came on strong but w was not the winner of our Match of the Year for Men Award. And so in order for... Uh, to hear about what did win, uh, I'm not going to announce it myself. I'm going to let uh, the 155-pound Fight Lab champion, Dewan Dirty South Owens, announce it. Your boy, Dewan Dirty South Owens. Uh, this is my nomination for Match of the Year for the men. Hands down, Nakapom versus Greg Walker 
at Toro Cup. This was the most exciting jiu-jitsu match I've ever seen live. It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I went through every emotion uh, imaginable. Incredible match. Incredible. And, I mean, it's tough to say more than Dewan said there. It was an incredible match, a no-gi match. So mm-hmm. really fast-paced, lots of movement. What do you remember about this match, Lourdes? Um, I remember being, re- honestly, I just remember being really excited because things were happening so quickly in the match, and I would I would watch something. I would watch one get on top, or, or I would watch some of the movements, and, and I it was hard for me to take in exactly what was happening. I'll, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I just knew that there was a lot of movement, and there was a lot of very technical movement of moving from one position to the next, and they were both being incredibly um, aggressive and technical mm-hmm. and, um, and just sitting there in awe and just trying to absorb it all in mm-hmm. you know and uh, the thing i remember and you know it, we've interviewed both of these guys before and i'd love to get knock back in the studio as well because we, we talked to him over the phone but like in the, our hour-long feature interview with greg walker we talk with him about this match and about how you know and greg breaks the match down for us and what what i loved and i didn't realize this exactly <coughs> but knock has been a black belt for longer than greg's been training jiu-jitsu and Nakabon, which tells you, A, exactly the consistent standard of excellence that Nakabon adheres to, mm-hmm. right? Like, the guy is still one of the top guys, mm-hmm. and it's just been been doing it forever. And for Greg to, like, you know, Greg was really proud to be a part of that match and to, like, put on such a performance that went to overtime. Nakabon does end up winning, uh, but, but wow, what a match, you know. Top. Both guys proved they can work on top. Both guys proved they can work on bottom. Both guys proved that they wanted to aggressively attack, pass guard, try to submit. And you know, if if you haven't gotten the tr- chance to to hear those interviews, I would definitely encourage you to do so. So uh, ha- we can't go against Dewan's vote. So thanks. To, so congratulations to Greg Walker and Nakapon for our match of the year for men in 2017. Congratulations, guys. Hey, Jeff Shaw. Hey, Betsy O'Donovan. I was browsing the geese online at ToroBJJ.com the other day. And what did you see? I saw a new Jeff Shaw gi, and it got me to thinking. I think a lot of people are curious how different gi designs happen, and I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. A lot of people start with color. I don't. I start with design elements that I want to include, and every gi I want to have a theme, something that has a little little Easter egg that only the people that are in the know know about. For this gi, I used to live in Okinawa, and I'm really fascinated with Okinawan culture, particularly because the culture is so linked to the martial arts. And so I came up with a few images that I thought were just generally cool looking, but that also fit the themes that jiu-jitsu people think about a lot, like honor, loyalty, dignity. And then we came up with a really cool purple color to throw on top of it. I was a purple belt at the time. <laughs> well, you can check that gi out, as well as uh, a lot of other fantastic and comfortable gis at torabjj.com. Thanks for supporting our friends. So we also have the ma- a match of the year candidate for our match of the year award for women. And this was another competitive category with a lot of great nominees. Um, I'm going to go over some of, some of those nominees, which is Samantha Fallhaber uh, against Fiona Watson at Fight to Win Pro Philly. You know, although technically not in the Southeast, Sam is down here now, so we, we let that one happen. And Sam wins by armbar, and I, I was, that was one of my favorite matches of the year. Kim Rice against Tara White. They've had three or four matches, but this one was at Masters Worlds, a, a match that was a nominee. Um, you know, and both of those women are always really entertaining to watch. But the winner is a match that both you and I saw in person, Lourdes, and this got substantial support from all of the judges. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the do, do you want to do you want to announce this match? Um, so the winner for the match of the year for women 
2017 is Taylor Saucer versus Iman Babasi. So Taylor and Iman put on a hell of a performance, a purple belt match at Toro Cup. And Taylor from Team Gustavo Machado uh, went up against Iman. Taylor does end up winning this match. But I think that, you know, I'll tell you what I remember most about the match. And I'm interested in what, what you remember most because I think you remember the finish. Um, I remember total nonstop action. And I remember being impressed that both women showed that wherever the match took them, they were capable of either attacking or fighting their way out, depending. And you know, Taylor, you know, what, what, you know, proved that she can have has an aggressive attacking guard. Iman proved that she has tons of defensive abilities, guard passing abilities, can work on top, can work on bottom. And those are my memories of the match. In addition to just its fast pace, mm-hmm. and I also remember a lot of smiles. It seemed like they were both having a, a great time during this match. Yeah, I think that they both did. And this isn't this wasn't Taylor's first time at, at the Toro Cup. Like she had matches against. Um, I believe Chelsea Kurtzman and um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think there was one other person that she's I know that she's gone against Shayla mm-hmm. um, yeah. too recently um, so she's been at Toro Cup a, a, a few times and um, every time I get to see Taylor she's amazing and uh, she's very technical and she's definitely a lot of fun to watch and so getting to watch her versus uh, Iman was um, was a, a good matchup um, I get to see Iman train she comes to Chapel Hill Gracie a few times to train with uh, with Mary Holmes, and so I do get to see him on training. So to be able to watch um, some of what she trains and drills, and then to see her go and try to e- and execute those with with Taylor was a was um pretty interesting and a lot of fun yeah I, I think this was actually the first match i'd seen him on compete in and i'd seen taylor a bunch because you know as you mentioned taylor really high level competitor competes on the toro cup competes you know at u.s grappling and i know i knew the people that 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 so i knew taylor was going to be a tough match but i was extremely impressed with him on and i thought that both ladies brought it and this is a well 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 deserved uh, award for match of the year yes so our next award is an award we didn't plan on giving but we're going to give and our next award is the people's choice award so there was one athlete, you know, we had a lot of different categories, right? And Betty Broadhurst got support for Jujutera of the Year as well as Most Inspirational. Mm-hmm. And so there was one athlete on the male side that got really strong support in many different categories. And so I'm going to describe him. He is a successful competitor, maybe, in fact, that has more high-level medals than, you know, 90% of the guys around here. He owns an academy with lots of killer athletes, and he was nominated in multiple categories by multiple people. So didn't just get nominated for Jiu-Jitsu of the Year, didn't get just get nominated for Instructor of the Year, got nominated for a bunch of stuff. And so because of that, we're going to give him the award the, for the, the, the People's Choice Award, the award with the most listener support. And so I'm going to read you an email that sort of sums up all of this. Prior to training with Diego Bispo, I had zero success at IBJJF. Since starting to train with Diego, I have podiumed at each one. There are numerous successes in his academy. Diego leads by example and is a great competitor himself and truly wants his students to succeed. He's meddled at more prestigious tournaments than anyone else. And so I think that really encapsulates a lot of the email and voicemail support we got for Diego Bispos. People don't just think of him as a competitor. They think of him as a teacher. They think of him as someone who supports his students. They think of him as someone that leads by example. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really impressed with Diego Bispo because I know that it's like if you want to compete at a high level, it, it can consume a lot of your time and a lot of your energy. And he not only is competing at a high level, but he's also encouraging and bringing up other competitors and has his own school. I think in one of the voicemails it says, or in one of the emails it says that he's the only black belt at his school. Um, mm-hmm. So he's like basically like leading this, his academy to, um, you know, forward uh, into, you know, what his vision is. And he's doing it, you know, I'm sure with help with, with other um, people at his academy, but he's kind of like at the helm. And um, I thought that was pretty inspirational, honestly. I, I, and um, 
and I've also gotten a chance to see him compete this year, and he's an amazing competitor. So I'm really glad that we we were able to acknowledge him today. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. You know, he's uh, you know, it's tough to be an elite level black belt competitor while at the same time running a successful exactly. academy, especially let alone being the only black belt. Exactly, there, so. and that's something that I know that um, when I do get a chance to talk to different people, like even when I spoke with Celso. Manicius mm-hmm. this weekend um, that was one of the questions that I brought up it's like how do you remain yeah. an elite grappler and competing at this level and also um, you know running academies and and you know and even Celso says you know it's it's a challenge yeah and what a challenge and challenges uh, people that that live up to challenges should be rewarded and so congratulations to Diego Bispo on this year's People's Choice Award congratulations we're gonna play a voicemail in support of Diego before we get on to the next award hey there I'm calling to give my vote for the GTR of the year. My vote for GTR of the year would have to go to Diego Bispo. He's been on a tear this year. In addition, while trying to maintain an academy and coach, basically, and he's the only black belt at his school. No help from others besides two other brown belts. My vote would have to go to him. He's He's been on a tear this year. He's, his, his gi game is ridiculous. And no gi game is even more crazy. So my vote has to go for GTA of the year. I have to go to Diego Bispo. I want to talk to you guys about Cageside Fight Company for a second. I've been buying from Cageside for more than six years, and about 99% of the gear that I use is from Cageside. That's not because other companies don't make good stuff. They do. It's just that Cageside offers the highest quality products at the best value and, no joke, the best customer service I've ever experienced in my life. So whether you're looking for shin pads, whether you're looking for Thai gear, whether you're looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu gis or Valetudo shorts, whether you're looking for the coolest t-shirts around, check out Cageside.com or come into their fight shop at one two four Lotter Road right in Durham, North Carolina. You won't be sorry. Another thing I want to mention about Cage Side is they do more to support local fighters and local Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitors than just about anybody else. And so we've got to support the people that support us. Check out Cage Side Fight Company, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at cageside.com. So for our next award, uh, we're going to move on to our next award, and I'll tell you what it is in just a second. But I-, I will say this. When we moved on to, when we put out the call about, hey, we're giving awards, and we're looking for outstanding representatives of jiu-jitsu, one name kept coming up. And uh, I'm going to play a voicemail montage that tells you what name kept coming up. Christina Lynn. Christina Little Bit Lynn. Christina Lynn. Christina Little Bit Lynn. Christina Lynn out of Hibero Jiu-Jitsu. Christina Little Bit Lynn. So... We got tons of voicemails that talked about Christina Lynn's many accomplishments, but more voicemails, and you'll hear from some of these supporters in a second, that talked about not just her tournament success, but the way that she helps everyone out in the academy, her attitude, uh, the way that she represents jujitsu. And so, and I will also mention that we're going to play a bunch of those voicemails in a second, but I also want to encourage you to listen to our interview last week with Will Lachine, Coach of the Year nominee, who is her coach. And if you aren't convinced after the many voicemails we're about to play, you're going to be convinced after that. So, our Young Jujitero or Jujitera of the Year, in this case, Young Jujitera of the Year Award, is going to go to Christina Lin. Lourdes, what do you think? Um, I'm really excited that it's going to Christina Lim. I have not had a chance to, to train with her yet or to roll with her, but um, after listening to all the voicemails and hearing so much about her, she's one of the candidates where I didn't really know a whole lot about, but then um, this has exposed me um, to, uh, to her, and, and I'm just I'm pretty uh, inspired to, uh, to try to get up to train with her. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would, let's listen to the voicemail. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for the participation. 
Um, I would like to nominate Christina Little Bit Lynn. Christina is a wonderful example of how a good fighter is. She loves to help her teammates. She works very hard. Um, I know that she works hard um, being homeschooled. Christina um, is always there to make sure that everybody else is okay. Just a very caring, loving little um, young lady. And I just think that she should win. And, um, again, I, the reason is because she's just really a nice person. She is great. Um, she's a great team player. She will help anybody. And she's just a team player. And um, we can never say enough good about her. Thank you. And I also would like to nominate Christina Lynn for Female Fighter of the Year. She's amazing. Um, I can't even wait to see what her future holds. She's dedicated. She works hard. Uh, she amazes me every time I watch her fight, whether it's just uh, in practice rolling or, or or on tournament day. She she truly is amazing and, and inspirational uh, to me as an adult, and she's just a young lady. So I'd like to vote for her for that. Thank you. Yes, I'm calling for my vote for Gutierrez of the Year. For Gutierrez of the Year, I feel like that choice would have to go to Christina a little bit. Lit. Christina has – she's been on the chair this year winning – well, since last year, winning Pan Am kids, going against boys and girls in every competition, and just destroying every competition that she's gone against. So I'm endorsing Christina a little bit, Lynn, for female fighter of the year. Fighter of the year. I don't know anyone that trains as hard as she does. She definitely deserves it. She goes out and wins everything, despite everything. I'd like to support uh, Christina Lynn out of Hibero Jiu-Jitsu for the Female Fighter of the Year. She's a great kid, and she also does a lot of mentoring with the younger students just to make sure that they enjoy Jiu-Jitsu and they just keep practicing. Thanks. Yes, I'm calling in for Christina Lynn for Female Jiu-Jitsu Fighter of the Year. Um, I'm a little biased. I'm her dad. Um, I don't believe there's a competitor in the field that puts the amount of time and effort that she does as a juvenile competitor, um, training five, six days a week, plus coaching the kids, also competing nationally as a Muay Thai fighter as well. Um, she, she wins about 98% of her matches and has more competitors back out or withdraw when they find her in the brackets or in super fights than I think I've ever seen anybody do. So we wanted to close that segment with uh, hearing from Christina Lynn's dad. But we, as you could hear, uh, she got a lot of support from a lot of different communities. And so uh, our young Jujutera of the Year Award is someone that no one can argue isn't deserving, and that's Christina Lynn. So congratulations. Congratulations, Christina. So now we move on into some of the instructional categories, and we want to start with self-defense instructor of the year. And you know, Lourdes, you and I both grew up training in the came up training in the Hoist Gracie Association, and so self-defense is really important to us and to our association. And this one came down uh, the 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 two top candidates were a legend of the art against someone who we've always said doesn't get enough credit, and it was a razor thin margin. Um, and so it's almost apples and oranges, like somebody that's been doing it forever who is legitimately a legend versus someone who. Is his passion something that he truly lives? 
Um, and so first I want to play a voicemail that includes two nominations, one of which is going to be we're, we're going to get to later in the show, but one that will sort of encapsulate how I feel about uh, about this particular choice. Hey, uh, I'm calling to support uh, David Porter as tournament coach of the year. Uh, you know, he just does a great job of synthesizing all of his experience as a competitor with uh, his experience as a, an instructor and giving you concise feedback when you need it on the mat. And then uh, as self-defense instructor of the year, um, you know, Peter Sauer, what is it, what's there to say? All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. And that's sort of the thing, you know, uh, what is there to say about Pedro Sauer, who is one of our top two candidates for Self-Defense Instructor of the Year, a true legend of the art, someone that, uh, you know, crosses so many different lines in terms of the lives that he touches. And uh, to, and it's almost an apples and oranges comparison for the other top candidate, Jay Quitfield, who is someone who truly lives self-defense and trains and teaches every day. Uh, in fact, one of the judges made this comment when I pointed out like, one of the judges only sent in two votes. They're supposed to send in three ranked top three candidates. And that judge said, if I had a third vote, I'd vote for Jake twice. So what do you think about that, Lourdes? Um, I think that that judge was pretty smart because um, I, I feel very strongly as well that Jake Whitfield um, should win this o award. Um, Jake? One, from him posting up self-defense videos on the internet. Um, he's always posting up things about, even if it's not his video, he's always posting up um, uh, other videos on his on his Instagram or his um, on his Facebook page of, um, of self-defense. And he's always encouraging um, self-defense classes or self-defense seminars. And I love watching his kids do their self-defense, you know, like when he posted the videos of the kids in his classes and the bullyproof. And um, especially right now with all the bullying that we hear about in the schools and that 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 he's down there in um, where where exactly is he? Goldsboro, <laughs> North Carolina. Goldsboro. I was in Greenville that he's down in Goldsboro and he's making a difference because I think any kid that gets a chance to do um, the greasy self-defense system is going to have the confidence to 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 be able to stand up for themselves. So I'm I'm really super excited. And then on top of it, Jake's just a really nice guy. And uh and I really do, like I said, like I saw his match um, against July Isaacs and I watched mm -hmm. some of the things he was doing. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's from self-defense. So to be able to see him not only, you know, talk the talk, but to walk the walk and he's using his self-defense in his matches. I was really impressed. And I was like, I, I think that this is a really good choice. So congratulations. This is one of our the, I, I don't mind telling you, this is one of the two closest votes, the other being for Jujitero of the year, which we're going to close the show with. And in the closest of margins, congratulations to Jake Whitfield, who is 2017 Self-Defense Instructor of the Year. Congrats, Jake. Yeah, nobody nobody is more passionate about it. Nobody, you know, like I, I don't mind telling you, like I've always said, you know, Jake is one of the best kept secrets out there. And so for those that know, they know. And hopefully now more people are going to know. Yeah, I definitely want to get down to um, to his school and go train some self-defense with him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you and I, Lourdes, we already talked about how, like, just because you're a self-defense instructor doesn't mean you can't be successful at tournaments and vice versa. And so we just gave our self-defense instructor of the year award. And now we're going to segue to the tournament coach of the year award. And, you know, this was one of those where there were so many worthy nominees that legitimately any of them could have won. Uh, I want to thank every student who took the time to call or to write in. We're going to get to as many emails and voicemails in support of folks as we can. But, like, this is one of those things where, you know, I, I felt, you know, I really felt bad that we had to give it to one person. 
Yeah, we had some pretty good um, nominees out there, but the one that that one actually I know is a pretty great guy, per, uh, person, but um, I had no idea like how much there's he meant to their his students mm-hmm. when it comes to tournament coaching. Most definitely. Well, we're gonna go over it. We're gonna go over some of the nominees first. Um, one of those nominees is Cody Malte of Elevate MMA Academy, who's a black belt under Robert Drysdale. We got an email in support of Cody from a coach at another academy. Uh, that says he puts the needs of his team before himself time and time again, which is a great compliment from one coach to another. And I'm going to play a voicemail for one of Cody's students now to give you that different perspective. Hey, what's up? This is Dylan McGrath from Elevate MMA, and uh, I just want to vote on a couple of categories. I'm not going to do all of them, but I wanted to definitely do Tournament Coach of the Year. And obviously my nomination goes to Cody Malte of Elevate MMA should come as no surprise. Um, it's been a great year of being his student. I've been training for exactly a year under him, and uh, there's nowhere else I'd rather train. It's a great school, a great system um, that doesn't limit the students in any way, encourages growth, uh, encourages students to develop their own styles, and really grow as martial artists. And uh, Cody's presence on the like at match side or ringside is just really invaluable. And he's such a good leader and uh, such a savage competitor that he really just uh, motivates and inspires us all. And uh, he has a really good way and an articulate way of of teaching techniques um, and just immersing people in the martial arts lifestyle. He's really good at kind of kind of sucking you into the culture, really. And uh, that's why there's nowhere I'd rather train and there's no one I'd rather have as coach of the year um, other than Cody Malte. So Cody had a lot of strong support, not only from his students, but also from other coaches in the community. But, you know, you look up and down at these nominees and, you know, and feel free to react to any of them. You had you had uh, Tony Casares of Lepre BJJ Raleigh, one of the best instructors around, Hubao Carioca, who we mentioned before. We had Jason Culbreth, who frankly could win it any year. And I don't think anyone would complain. Yeah. Uh, and if they did, we'd punch him in the throat. But... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, Colbreth, Diego Bispo, who we mentioned, the People's Choice Award winner, Gustavo Machado, another legend of jiu-jitsu, Brandon Garner was nominated, Jeremy Orell from Great Grappling. We got a, a great email about John J.B. Burnley of Mongrel Jiu-Jitsu, and I'm going to read that, which is, he's a phenomenal coach, period, John J.B. Burnley. He has consistently trained, disciplined, supported, and rewarded my daughters since their instruction began in January 2017. He has continued to make my daughters desire to compete a primary responsibility of his schedule, he motivates his students even though the, even through the most extreme challenges, guiding them through most different si- difficult situations. I'm confident that JB is a major factor in the medals hanging from a wall in my household today and the continuous smiles upon the faces of many of his students, including my daughters, which is a terrific endorsement. Once again, we always love to hear, you know, I haven't met, uh, I haven't met JB, and so it's always great to hear about people that we don't know about, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to support that on the show. Another person who got really strong support, and I'm going to play a couple voicemails for, is Will Lachine, who we mentioned from Hibero Jiu-Jitsu. And you really should check out our full-length interview with Will from last week to see what makes him an effective coach. He has a lot of passion, and his enthusiasm for his students and for Jiu-Jitsu is readily apparent. But, you know, the beautiful thing about digital audio is you don't need to take my word from it. You can listen to this. Hey, how are you doing today? Look, I just want to nominate Coach Will Lucen for uh, Coach of the Year out of Hibero Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> I mean, he's a great guy, works well with the kids, and um, just a spectacular coach overall. He dedicates a lot of time to them and makes sure that, you know, they learn fundamentals just as well as the advanced techniques, and he's just a good guy in general. Thanks. 
And for Tournament Coach of the Year, I'm going to go for Will Lucian. I remember being at the Charlotte Open. I was in a triangle arm bar, and I thought I was about to, about to tap, and he was like, you got this. I, I could hear him from the sidelines. And last minute, I got out of it, passed his guard, won on some points. So definitely he was there He was there for me. I'm also calling to support Will Luzon as uh, coach of the year, tournament coach of the year. Um, he's been with us for as long as I can remember, and he gives his heart and soul to the kids. Um, as a former Marine, he just he embodies what coaching is all about. He gives it his all. I vote for that crazy one-lunged coach. He's a tournament coach of the year, and that would be Will Lezen from Ribeiro Jiu-Jitsu. He screams really loud for a guy with one lung. And so Will got a lot of support. And again, if you if you listen to the uh, if you listen to the interview with him, you'll you'll see why. You know, and best of luck to Will this year in, with his ambitious competition schedule too. He's going to try to go win Masters Worlds, and we're sure rooting for him. So the one last nominee that I want to talk about is our winner, and you've already heard a voicemail uh, talking about him. And Alordis, I'm sure you and I will both have some things to say about this candidate. But why don't we go to one of his students? Um, and for reasons that uh, you and I can't give that directly. Hey, I'd like to nominate uh, Dave Porter for tournament coach, please. He's uh, coached me personally, coaches our team at every tournament we go to, uh, whether you're a white belt all the way up to our black belts at the uh, Fight to Win Pro. Uh, I can't say enough. He, he goes far and above uh, Call of Duty, um, whether it's running early morning classes at 6 a.m., uh, or, or giving up on competing himself in order to be there ringside just to help our brand new white belts. Uh, man is a legend, and I hope that he wins. Our 2017 Tournament Coach of the Year is Mr. David Porter. Congratulations, David. So, Lourdes, have you have experienced Dave Porter's coaching? I've not actually experienced his his coaching. I've I know David Porter from like Toro Cup and from seeing him at um, different uh, IBJJF and, and events, and. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really excited to, to get to see him as a coach because I know he's just such a nice and kind and righteous person as, like, an athlete. And I can see how he would be a good coach as well because mm -hmm. he's so caring about the people that he competes against. Like, he's really – he's just a really good person. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine that he would also be just as caring and, um, and, uh, and compassionate with the people that he's coaching. And um, even when he's competing, he's always trying to make um, – I feel like he's always trying to make um, his competitors and he's trying to make the, the moment um, as enjoyable as possible. Mm -hmm. And he just goes in it with uh, like a, with such a positive attitude. So, um, no, I'm I, I'm pretty ex I'm happy for him. I'm really mm -hmm. excited to, to get a chance to see him coach. A lot of the sentiments you expressed were expressed in some emails we got about Dave that unfortunately we don't have the time to, to read because they're really long, but also no less passionate. And that I can't, you know, without having being able to speak for the rest of the judges, I, I, I certainly think that some of the great essays that Dave Porter's students wrote about him were factors in the decision. So congratulations once again to Dave Porter for uh, Tournament Coach of the Year. Congrats, David. Hey, Lourdes. Hey. What's your favorite tournament organization in jiu-jitsu? Um, that's an easy one. It would have to be U.S. Grappling. 
And actually, I love them so much that I'm going to go to their ref training in January. I know that they put on a lot of ref trainings because they're serious about the competitor experience. I've actually gone to two of the ref trainings myself because I wanted to be really sure that I was a decent ref. Yeah, I really like the way that they do the ref training. One, you can go to the ref training and you, you can get your training done, but then they even kind of mentor you at one of the events, and so you um, you get to practice doing your refing during real matches, and uh, I really like that. U.S. Grappling is run by grapplers for grapplers. You can compete in the new year. Register early to get a break on price at usgrappling.com. So our last couple of awards are Jujutera and Jujutero of the Year, and these were both really close honors with that really, I think, highlighted how amazing uh, the scene has gotten. And, you know, if you just look at the nominees for Jujutera of the Year, I'm just going to go down this list. A lot of terrific nominees. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chelsea McCoy, uh, who won the Pans this year, Christina Littlebit Lynn, our young Jujutera of the Year, already an award winner. Um, Betty Broadhurst, as we mentioned, who is nominated in multiple categories. Chelsea Kurtzman, a, a teammate of yours for many years and a good friend of, of yours, also nominated. Uh, Mary Holmes, who I can't say enough good things about. I'm sure we'll talk more about Mary in a second. Actually, let's, let's talk about Mary right now. Pans champ, Masters world champ. I would say, you know, arguably the most technical person in North Carolina, from my perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody that, you know, uh, you know, I think if you were to, you know, if you were to roll with Mary Holmes and somebody was like, that is an accomplished black belt, I think everybody would be like, yes, yes, that, that person feels like an accomplished black belt. And I mean, I know that Mary's a good friend of yours as well. And so, so what you got, what, what, you know, I have a couple things I want to say about Mary, but, uh, you know, one of, one of our most accomplished jujiteras, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, I think I've, I've been fortunate enough that I've trained with Mary since I started. So, um, since I started jujitsu. And uh, one, she has, I don't know anybody else that has a work ethic like Mary Holmes. Like, she, we would drill at my house at six o'clock in the morning. Mary would be up before then so that she could run to my house from her house, drill with me, and then she'd run back to her house. And then she also has a full time job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, a, uh, as a nurse practitioner. And then she'd go and she'd train, or we would sometimes, like, you know, do our kettlebells, and then we would go to class and she would train. And it got to the point where she drilled so much. I, I was like, you need to find, we need to get other people on board with this because I can't keep up with your drilling schedule. Um, and so she's, she has a great work ethic. She's also incredibly technical. She never settles. She's always working to try to do better. Um, she also uh, is just a super like kind and generous person with her time. Like If you have something coming up, if you have a tournament coming up and you're like, Mary, I need help, she's going to make the time to help you. Um, she ran uh, Chapel Hill's uh, competition classes on Saturdays before uh, Masters Worlds, and we had a lot of people coming out to those from a lot of different schools, and um, which I, as I think is a testament not only to Mary's knowledge um, with competing and how to train for competitions, but also that just like in general, people enjoy tr- coming to train with her. Um, and she's just, uh, and she's also just a really tough competitor. Oh yeah. You know, whenever I've seen, I saw her at Masters Worlds, and she was just, she was doing amazing. And at the end, she was just like, "I've got so much to work on." <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, she walks off the mat, and she's like, "I've got so much to work on." That person was really good, and and um, and she's always very complimentary to her to her 
her um, competitors, she always has nothing but good things to say about how great they were or how, you know, how, oh, is that, you know, somebody beat me up again, you know, and it's like, and we're always like, okay, Mary. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so she's incredibly humble and generous and she's a very hard worker. I, I sh she's, to me, she will always be my Jujutero of the Year because I have such a soft spot for, for Mary in my heart. And what a wonderful testimonial. And Mary is another one of those people that, like, if you were to put her name down for literally any of these awards, I don't think anybody would argue with you. And, uh, and, what a, and, and like, and you mentioned one of the most Mary Holmes things ever, which is my one anecdote that I'll add, which is I don't think this is going to surprise you. I don't know if you know it, but I don't think it's going to surprise you. Mary, knowing that she had to be one of the frontrunners of the award, actually nominated someone else for the award, Amber Habel, a newly minted purple belt, who has just had a tremendous year on her own. And I know Amber is really honored that, that Mary would, would, would nominate her, but like that's the most Mary Holmes thing ever, right? Like knowing like, hey, I won the Pans, I won the Masters Worlds, I've done all this stuff in the community, I've, I've affected so many people with training, teaching, drilling, and like touched so many lives, but I'm gonna nominate somebody else. Yeah, she's, she's, she's incredibly humble. She's probably one of the most humble, humble people that I, I've ever met. Mm -hmm. She's yeah. always thinking about, about her teammates and about the other competitors. Yeah. And so lots of great competitors uh, that, that, that were nominated this year. We also got this great email about another nominee. We mentioned Amber Habel, who has had a tremendous year. One of her opponents, Saida Durkee, also got nominated. We got this great email that I want to read. I would like to nominate Saida Durkee of Abmar Barbosa, BJJ, Zenith, B Zenith BJJ, Isaac July, Big Brothers BJJ. That's a lot of teams, Saida, for Jujutera <laughs> of the Year as well. But this, this is the nomination for Jujutera of the Year. Saida is a well-rounded BJJ athlete. She is passionate not only about the sport, but also about the community. Saida maintains a supportive community, assisting others with needed information, training, and seminars. Saida has become a staple in D.C. and the Central Virginia area and an amazing, uplifting spirit for young girls in our area. And that's a lovely testimonial that I know Saida will appreciate. Definitely. Another nominee that um, from the Charlotte area um, is Nicole Hunt. Uh, her nominee, someone wrote an email from her, M Michael Cornbread Allen nominated her for Jujutera of the Year, and her tournament accomplishments do speak for themselves. She got third at Masters Worlds this year, first at the IBJJF Atlanta, and first at Charlotte, and n a number of different Naga, New Breed, and, and titles like that. So a very accomplished Jujutera, Nicole Hunt. We, we should probably get her on the show at some point, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, I think Nicole also is, is a mom, and so I'm, I'm really interested in talking to her to see how she like balances life and work and jujitsu because she is a she does compete at a high level and um, and she's um, she's in, she's very good I mean she, I, I've, I've had the chance to compete against her and she's a really tough match and um, so I would really like to have her in and maybe or even if uh, she can't come in maybe if I can go to her school and, and sit and talk to her she's starting to do women's classes now on Monday nights um, and so um, and she also just recently got her, her brown belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like so, Nicole, if you're listening, two things: congratulations on being nominated for this award and on a great year of jujitsu. And uh, hit us up if you want to spend some time in the studio with Lourdes or I. But the winner of this award, so with all these accomplished jujiteras, and boy, and it's kind of cool, isn't it, just to list all these people and be like, how many badasses are in it's this area? It's a really tough, like um, tough. Uh, uh, list of people that you're going up against for this one yeah and sam fallhaber is a black belt living here full-time now so maybe next year so we'll add a black belt lady to the list caitlin huggins was also nominated who uh you know everybody on the show hears a lot about uh on on, on the constantly we're very we're very proud of caitlin but um the person who won the award is a training partner of mine and i'm very happy and proud of her even though she never even though she's too humble to be on the show uh and it's just really impossible to give to to say that you know you can't argue against Kim Rice getting this award. No. 
I mean, Kim Rice, just even based on this year, like, I mean, her accomplishments as a brown belt, an elite, truly elite, one of the best brown belts in the world, double bronze at adult worlds this year, bronze in her weight class, bronze in absolute, gold at Masters Worlds, silver in the absolute at Masters Worlds, a Toro Cup win against the very tough in game Maggie Gamry. She's also a gold medalist at the Abu Dhabi qualifier, went to ADCC, you know, just consistently competes at the elite levels. And, you know, you get to brag about Mary for a second. And so I feel like, like, and, and, you know, I think we're so lucky to have both Mary and Kim in this area in that, like, two women with very, very different weight classes, very different styles of jiu-jitsu, right? Like, Mary very much has, like, a, I don't want to call it a purely finesse style of jiu-jitsu, but a very, like, movement-oriented, transition-based technical jiu-jitsu, whereas Kim's jiu-jitsu is, I'm coming for you. I'm coming straight ahead for you, and I am never stopping. I would not want to ever have to compete against Kim Rice. I'm so glad that she is not in my bracket. <laughs> As somebody that trains with Kim on the regular, I will tell you, like, like Kim has made my jujitsu so much better than it would be otherwise. Simply because, like, you you know how like like. And a dirty little secret, you know, sometimes as old people, when we roll with each other, we're like really tired and we look at each other in the eyes like, man, it's been 40 minutes. Maybe maybe I'll just hold you in my clothes guard for a second. <laughs> that never works with Kim. Never, ever. She will always push you. She will always push your technique to get better. She will always push your conditioning to get better. And, you know, like Mary is also a person that will always help others in the community. And so to have the two of those women um, in in this area, I think is just a blessing for everybody, and I couldn't be prouder to announce that our 2017 Jiu of the Year is Kim Rice. I'm I'm so excited about this one as well, and um, Kim Rice, thank uh, thank you so much for everything that you've ever done for our community, and thank you so much for everything that you've ever done to help me. I know that when it, when there's been times when I've called her and I'm like, I don't understand deep half. Why won't deep half love me the way I love deep half? I feel like I'm stalking it. And Kim's like, okay, okay, I'll see you at Opamat, and she's really patient. And she's always been really so kind and patient with me and, and helping me. And um, and and I honestly don't know anybody in our community that makes as good of desserts as Kim Rice. Oh so, you know, I, I mean, I'm just I'm just really fortunate that she's a part of, of our community and of my life. Yeah, you know, Kim Rice's Nutella brownies are, the, are like crack to me. And now that they make vegan Nutella, I'm telling you, I'm going up to super heavy. So, uh, <laughs> Kevin Satterfield, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, like what a what a great list. And you know, again, let me let me reiterate. Um, this is a traveling trophy that um, we give a different winner every year. And so, any one of the names that I just listed, like if if I had said Caitlin Huggins, if I had said Nicole Hunt, if I had said Mary Holmes, you know, right. I think all of those women are very very deserving. And so so hopefully we continue to. Uh, you know, we continue to recognize the people that deserve recognition. And Kim Rice is at the top of the list this year. So we're going to finish off with Jujitero of the Year. And Lourdes, this was our closest category. In fact, before the last judge voted, it was a three-way tie. And so one of our one of our judges uh, vote and and you know just so you know like a little note about process. None of the judges knew how the other judges voted. We wanted it to be purely blind, so it wouldn't you know you couldn't affect anything else. And so the last judge, like when I went to, to tabulate the results, like you know you got three points for first, two points for second, one point for third, and it was a three-way tie going in between a couple of the people that you have heard of before. Between uh, so one of the, you, you the three the three-way tie was between DeAndre Corbet. Diego Bispo and John Shell. You've heard a couple of voicemails about Diego and John earlier, and we'll get to a couple of those. But I just want to point, and I, I, you know, I'll read, I'll read, uh, you know, I have something to say about DeAndre in a second. But like, how awesome is it that these three very different Jujiteros each garnered so much support that it was such a close award? Yeah. You know? uh, no, I, I, I think that's pretty amazing. 
And so you haven't heard, you've heard a lot about DeAndre Corbet and the Corbet brothers on the show over the years. You haven't heard a lot about them on this program. So I'm going to read a voice, or I'm going to read an email that we got about DeAndre Corbet nominating him. DeAndre Corbet, Coastal BJJ Brown Belt, went double gold at all but one of the events he did in his first year at a Brown Belt. And think about that for a second, how tough it is to win an adult Brown Belt division. While DeAndre's brown belt and previous belt's accomplishments in U.S. grappling, IBJJF, and other competition events are pretty well-published and well-supported, the brothers, including his brother Gavin, prefer to stay relatively low-key and just keep improving and helping others improve. Outside of competition, he's a full-time mechanical engineering student, a U.S. grappling crew member, a jiu-jitsu instructor, and an assistant wrestling coach. He's also a great contributor and influence to his brother's accomplishments. And if you don't know Gavin Corbet, get familiar because he has some accomplishments. Um, and so that's a, that's a pretty great testimony for DeAndre. Yeah, um, because it, it always amazes me that people do like have full time jobs and compete at such a high level and um, and are doing such amazing things. And he's going to school, competing, you know, he, and uh, you know, on top of like assistant coaching and and you know with the wrestling team. And so he's he's pretty well rounded. And honestly, that's kind of what I was looking for as well with Jujitsu of the Year mm-hmm. when I was making my votes. Mm-hmm. I was like. Is this person well-rounded? Are they showing a balance in their in their life? Um, you know, do they have home and are they able, you know coaching and are they um, also uh, looking at you know are they competing? Like, what what is it that's making them well-rounded and, and a person that you everybody else can look up to and be like, yeah, I find this really inspiring. Because otherwise, if it was just you know great match of the year or you know best competitor of the year, I mean, like then you would fall into one of those categories. But I felt like Jujitsu of the year is really saying. Like this is what we're all. I mean, this is where we're all trying to move forward towards. Yeah, the whole well-rounded package. I think that's very well said, and I think it applies to all three of the people that yes, were tied. Definitely. Right, Diego Bispo. You heard voicemails about both Diego Bispo and John Shell. John had an MMA fight this year. John, you know, in addition to family life, runs an academy. Diego Bispo, elite competitor, runs an academy. And DeAndre Corbet, you know, a, like full-time student in addition to doing all he does in jujitsu. And so, you know, like with many of these awards, you know, I think. Any, you know, it, when it's this close, it's just really impossible to say that, you know, nobody, that it's impossible to, you know, you wouldn't have argued if any one of the three got it. But in order to tell you who garnered the final support and who ended up being our Jujitero of the year, we're going to let Dewan Dirty South Owens bring us home yet again. This is Dewan Dirty South Owens, and I'm making my nomination for a Jujitero of the year. Hands down, John Shell. He's been <laughs> whooping ass in every category, everywhere. My man, John Shell. As usual, Dewan says what I want to say much more succinctly than I can, but I'm going to, because I do go on a little more than Dewan does, I am going to go on. John Shell this year had an MMA fight, won the Masters Worlds at Brown Belt, uh, won, you know, competed in just about every tournament, maintained a rigorous competition schedule while at the same time not only teaching at an academy, but creating a new academy, right. which he's moved into. Congratulations to John on that. And just by and large being one of the best representatives that Jiu-Jitsu could hope for in the American Southeast. And so I'm very proud uh, to give the award for Jiu-Jitsu of the year 2017 to Mr. John Shell. Congratulations, John. I'm super excited um, for John and to see uh, where his academy and, and what 2018 um brings for him him and him and his family because that's that's like a powerhouse family there that they have with Aaliyah mm-hmm. competing as well and I think his um and Sam competes and so mm-hmm. they uh 
they have a lot going on, and um, John and seems to be balancing it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I think, is really excited for what ha- for where Aaliyah goes. You know, uh, oh, with yeah. as much access to, you know, she's already so good, and uh, and so with access to the the coaching and training partners that she has, and so like you said, it's important when, when you're voting for Jujitero and Jujitero of the Year. It's important to look at the total package. It's not just we're not just looking at people that win medals. Although winning medals is great and winning the Masters Worlds at Brown Belt is pretty great. Mm-hmm. We're looking for people that make the contributions to the community. We're looking at people that, that train, that teach, that represent. And, you know, John is a terrific example of that. Most definitely. I'm really happy he, he won that. So I want to recap. We're going to congratulate everybody who got nominated because if you got nominated, that means someone in this community feels like you deserved one of the top honors in the American Southeast. And so there are no losers today. There's only winners. Um, I want to congratulate everybody who won the first annual Dirty White Belt Awards. Again, this was voted on by a panel of seven different judges in three different states and the District of Columbia. And so a broad base of people got to hear about achievements. And especially like one of the things that I had the most fun with during this process was I love giving people an excuse to talk about what makes the people that they care about special. You know, what makes your coach special? What makes the person that you competed against that you really respect special? What makes, who inspires you to be better at jiu-jitsu, to be a better person? And that's one of the, re- and that's one of the things that made me the happiest about doing this. I'm, I, I've gotten a chance to know about so many more people and I feel like I really need to um, travel more and go visit some of these places and some of these people that we've talked about. Um, I'm, I'm just really excited that we were able to do this. And, yeah. I am too. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. We really appreciate you for listening. We really appreciate everybody who makes a contribution to jiu-jitsu generally, but specifically in the American Southeast. We're going to be back at you with a couple of bonus shows before the end of the year. Um, We're going to have our first show of the new year probably on January 14th. We're looking for folks. So if any of the people that we mentioned that haven't talked to us, uh, get at me. Get at us at cagesidewhup at gmail.com or get at us on our Facebook page, which is Cageside Radio. We're very active on Instagram at Dirty White Belt if you want to engage with us that way. You can also support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash dirtywhitebelt. Keep us doing what we're doing. We have a lot of big plans for next year. My name is Jeff Shaw. Uh, the co-hosts are Betsy O'Donovan, who is not with us today, and Lourdes Cantu, who is right over there. Lourdes, do you have anything to add? No, not, not right now. I'm just really excited that I got a chance to be in the studio and got a chance to talk about these nominees today. One of the bonus shows we're going to be releasing is Lourdes' amazing series of interviews from Kasai Pro, where she got to talk with not only the winner, but everybody who meddled, in addition to some other people with great stories. And so watch for that before the end of the year. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. I'm Jeff Shaw. That's Lourdes Cantu, and we will see you all next week. 